0: Everybody look good. Everybody's all excited. I wish you guys could see what I see from up here sometimes. Maybe one day I'll bring you up here and let you see out there. See the beauty of the Lord, man. I mean, just radiant flow. Amen. That's how good God is. Amen. That's why I get excited up here, you know, and I look out there and see all the beauty that's taking place. Amen. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24 amen and he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that befall that falleth to me and he divided to them his living and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead, and he's alive again, he was lost. And is found. And they begin to be married. They begin to be married. And I want to talk to you from this thought this morning. When you are afraid to face yourself. When you are afraid to face yourself. Father, again, we love you. We truly appreciate your goodness, oh God, and mercy towards us. Touch us. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, we're asking for your guidance and directions today, Lord. You are a mighty God, and you're a friend that's closer to than a brother. And we thank you, Lord, and let us not leave the way that we came, but God, let us leave changed. And let us leave renewed and refreshed in your power and anointing. And we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Amen. When you are afraid to face yourself... You know, I think my favorite book of all the books, and I read a lot, and I write a lot, and most of you have followed me for uh, a long time, you know, on Morning Manor. When I first started writing Morning Manor back in 2000, you know, you, you have to think and realize, you know, that, you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so I've been writing Morning Manor ever since the year 2000, and we have published one book out of that, and we're looking at trying to do maybe some more, but... You know, I have come to realize in my walk with God that the most favorite book of all the books I've read, To have to read a whole bunch of books to get licensed and ministers and, you know, to stay abreast of changes and everything else. And I think out of all the books that I have ever read, there's none like this one. <laughs> I I remember when I was the brand new convert, Sister Miriam, I may have shared this, my pastor, every Sunday he used to stand in the pulpit and he was and I was always on the front row you know and he was always say things to me like brother rufus you have got to love this more than anything else in the whole wide world and he would do that to me every service you know and and I did and I have come to realize that this is so precious amen it is it is so good once you uh, start reading and you start studying it and, and the stories and the things that are written therein. And, and what I have found, uh, the Bible, Paul tells us in Romans fifteen four. He says that the things that was written before was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures shall find hope. And then he also tells uh, uh, in the First Corinthians ten. He says the things that was written afore was written for our learning as well in examples. See, God knew that you and I was going to be sitting here today, Sister Sue, down in this time frame of life. See, he knew this. And so God says, I need to put something out there. I need my disciples to write something to prepare so that when people way down in 2018, amen, start going through things in their lives and they start having trouble in their lives and they're facing many situations and circumstances in their lives. They can come to my book or they can come and troubleshoot their lives and and find a story or find a situation that relates to their lives they can begin to see what I did for them back then, and it will encourage them and build them up and edify them so that they will keep running the race with patience, looking up to me, who is the author and the finisher of the faith. Aren't you glad that this is a book that's written by God, and He's designed, He's wrote you in the book. (laughs) Amen. He has us in here. So this is one of my most... Famous books, amen, and I try to spend as much time in it as I can throughout the day, throughout the week to study it because, boy, I'm here to tell you there's nothing like it, amen. It's like also like Jesus says uh, about the man that finds the treasure in the field. What does he do? He sells everything else and He buys the whole field just so he can have the treasure in the field because he has re- discovered something great, uh, and Paul even tells us in First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine and ten, he says, "I have not seen, and ear has not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things uh, which God has prepared for them that love Him. But He has revealed them to us by His." Spirit. Yeah, the Spirit searches all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. There are some deep things uh, that we need to get into. They're in here. There's Your, your questions that you may have is right here in this book. But the problem is we don't want to face us. Stay with me. Amen. This book to me is like having a get out of jail card free. You ever play Monopoly. And you pour the card, you got to get out of jail free. So anytime you go to jail, you can get out. To me, that's what this book is like. Having a forever card. Because this will keep you out of jail. <laughs> you follow this, you ain't going to jail. This is like having a marriage for life card. <laughs> you follow this, you're going to be married forever. Because God is love. It's like having a peace and tranquility card in your wallet. You know, every time you don't feel good, you just, oh, man, I just pull it out. You know, and you got it there. It's like having a compassion and mercy and grace card forever in your life. It's like having a joy-filled card all the time. You know, you have no reason as a born-again Christian to be sad. You have no reason as a born-again Christian to be depressed. Be discontent. Think about it. Because none of that came with your salvation. Think about it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. See? So we have the answer. The problem is, we don't want to fix us. We want somebody else to fix us. We go to counselors and we pay all kinds of money and and do all kinds of stuff because we want someone else to fix us. When God says, hey, I gave you the book. Read it and do what it says and you'll fix you. This is what James says. Don't just be a hearer of the Word. Be a doer of God's Word. He says, "Wherefore lay apart all oh, filthiness and me with naughtiness and receive with ingratitudes. I mean, see with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul." In James one verse twenty one, Amen. He goes on and says, "Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. What? Deceiving yourselves. Don't deceive yourself." People are trying to be something they're not. See, that's why the cosmetic world makes so much money. See? Because the fact of the matter is they're trying to say, give, take, no, give people a false impression to be something that they're not. See? They want you to put on something that you're not. Think about it. Think about it. That's what makeup is. It's designed to try to make you be something you're not. See? And it's it's a multi million dollar, billion dollar a year industry. Because people don't want to deal with themselves. They're trying to be something and they're not. See? So you have to realize that James says lay all that stuff aside and receive. With meekness the engraphic word which is able to what? Save your souls. Don't just be a hearer of God's word, be a doer of God's word. Amen. And your deeds will be blessed. Anybody don't want to be blessed? What did Paul David say in Psalms one? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice, blessed is the man. You're not going to be blessed walking in ungodliness. See, taking counsel from somebody that ain't in God. That's worldly counsel. And the next thing you know, you're going to be further off track. See, God says, hey, I'll give you the book so you can deal with yourself. There's nothing like fixing me. See? David said in Psalm 57, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will arise and give praise. Amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the ways of sinners, nor sinned in the sea of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree which is planted by the rivers of water, which shall bring forth his fruit in his season, "...and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper." Amen. See, notice, it's in God's fruit and God's season and God's leaf. Amen. God's fruit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance against such, There is no law in His seasons, in the bad times and in the good times. You're going to be joyful. You're going to be filled with love. You No matter what season comes, God's fruit will be in you. And His leaf is not the wither because the leaf represents the branch. Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine and you are the branch. He that abideth in me and I in him shall bring forth much fruit. Amen. You will always have the joy of the Lord. Amen. But see, you, you've got to learn to deal with you. You've got to lay some things aside. You've got to get some things, and you can't think like the old way and the old wall the way it always have thought. As the old saying goes if you always do what you always did, guess what? You're going to get always what you've always done. You've got to think differently. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the world, but be you transformed by thinking differently. Renew your mind. Say, you got to, you got to deal with you. If you got a problem, fix it. <laughs> think about it. You don't need somebody else to fix your own problem. All you got to do is stop and say, hey, I got a problem. And and look at yourself and say, why is this happening to me? Once you recognize it, make some steps to fix it. Good example. I'm driving down the road. My car breaks down. Say my transmission goes out. Okay? Okay? I called the the AAA guys. They come pick my car up. They take it to the car shop. And the guy says, what's the matter? I says, well, my car quit running. He said, okay, we'll check it out for you. Comes back out, Mr. Parker, your transmission is gone. Transmission. And he says, we can fix the problem for you. Now, I got a choice, right? I can let him fix it. Or I says, oh, no, I'm going to take it back to the house. I take it to the house and set it out there in the yard and every day I'm looking out my door and says, man, I wish my car worked. Man, I wish I had my car. You know, it ain't gonna fix itself. The problem is still there. The transmission is still out and the car ain't going nowhere until I fix the transmission. It's the same way with anything else in life. If life ain't working right, If you don't have joy, you have to ask yourself, why don't I have joy if the things that God says I am am supposed to have when I'm born again, if it ain't happening in my life, I have to ask me, why in the world is it not happening? Why in the world don't I have joy if God says His love is, He, He gives me joy? If He gives me peace, why don't I have peace? Amen. I've got to figure these things out, and I've got to make the adjustments in my life so that I have what God says I have, He has given them to me. Amen. So see, we don't want to become our worst enemies. What does this thing says? We met the enemy, and he's us. See, this is what James says. You don't want to deceive yourself. See, God gives you the wisdom. He gives you the knowledge. He gives you the understanding to fix you. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 6, he says, examine yourself. He says, prove your own self. Know you not that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. He says, but I trust that you know that you're not a reprobate. He goes on and he tells that same church in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 3. Uh, he says, 11, 3, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 11, 3. He says, But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled, eat through his subtility, so your mind will be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Jesus Christ. God has given you everything, He has made a way for you to be excited so that His light will shine through you and people will come running to you and ask you, man, where you get all that joy from? Where did you get all that love from? Where do you get all that peace from? Where's all these great things, all those blessings, why does it happen to you? So that you will be able to declare Him to a lost and dying wall. Amen. God has given you everything. You've got to learn how to deal with you. You've got to fix you. I can't do it. That's what's wrong with the world. People want everybody else to fix their problems. Amen. In second Samuel we see, amen. That here I mean first Samuel twenty two, one and two. It says David departs thence and escaped to Adullam. And there, when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone, look at this, that's distressed. Everyone that's in debt. And everyone that's discontented. 400 people came to him in this condition. So he could fix their problem. And God says to David, he says, you can't stay here. You, you cannot stay here in this garrison with these guys because the enemy is going to come he's going to kill them. So, so you need to get over into Judah. See? And so what David is, is being told by Gad, he says, look, if you stay here, amen, the enemy is going to kill them. I come to tell somebody today, if you stay distressed, you stay in debt and you stay discontent, the enemy got you right where he wants you and he's going to kill you. And you're going to stay right there because you won't get up and fix your own problem and your own situation. The enemy is going to kill you. If you're distressed, if you're discontent, if you're in debt, because God is giving you the answer to fix the problem. Amen. And that problem is get into Judah. And we know that Judah means praise. Because the Bible says, Whoso often prays glorifyeth me, and to him the order is conversational right, will I serve the salvation of God. Amen. God has got the financial plan right in this book, how to get out of debt. God has got the plan how to be not distressed. God has got the plan in there how to not be discontented. I think Paul puts it this way, having food and raiment there it be what? Content. Amen. The answer Answer is already there, Amen, brother. The moon. God knows what you have need of. He said, "Don't worry about clothes and food. I already know you have the need of that stuff." Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything you have need of will be added unto you. You don't need to be discontented in your life, Amen. I where you live, what you have, what you don't have, you can't take it with you anyway. Come on! Are you afraid to deal with you? See, now some people would hear me preaching like this and they say, He doesn't care. He's mean. Really? Then I'm just mean and don't care. Think about it. He's giving you the answer to fix your own problems. Well, you're going to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars that you don't have going in debt, but somebody's going to tell you to do what you're going to tell them you're going to do. That's all a counselor does. They don't give you any advice. You tell them what you're going to do, and that's to go do it. Right? So why not fix you? Don't be afraid of you. When you look in the mirror, this is what James says, if we look into the perfect law of liberty and be not a forgetful hearer but a doer, we're going to be blessed. When I read the Word of God, if I apply it to myself, what am I doing? I'm correcting me. Wherewithal, Psalms 119, verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereinto according to thy word. Amen. God's word will cleanse you, it will prepare you, it will strengthen you. That's why Jesus says in John 15, 3, Amen, you're cleansed by the word which I have spoken unto you. It's all there. You have no reason to be distressed. Don't listen to that foolishness in the world. Hey Amen. That's what the world tells you. Oh, don't be too hard on yourself. Really? Why not? Why shouldn't I be hard on me? I'd rather be hard on me myself than have the Lord be hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be corrected by myself than someone else have to correct me. Think about it. We've got to get this thing together. See, so we just need to keep praising God. Amen. God is giving what does Isaiah sixty one three says? He's giving you a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness, that you might be called trees of righteousness the planet of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Amen. See, God says, I know that the old devil is going to put some stuff on him to try to discourage him. So He says, I'm going to teach him how to praise me. Amen. I'm going to just tell them, amen, if they praise me, I will be right there with them. It'll lift them up. Amen. It'll build them up. It will encourage them. Amen. To keep running the race. Because the enemy is always going to be there. He's going to always try to discourage you. He's going to always try to beat you down. But the last time I checked, the Scripture tells me that greater is in he that's in me than he that is in the world. And Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing but enemies to harm you so if I've got all the power then why am I worried about the devil hello for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink as you suppose but is righteousness peace and joy and the Holy Ghost Paul says the gospel didn't come in word only it came with power it came in the Holy Ghost. And it came with much assurance. See? So if it came with power, then I'm in charge. I have the authority. Amen. Amen. Over me. I, I, Devil, you have no power over me. Bye. Good night. See you later. Take your suitcase. Don't let the door hit you. Amen. Too quickly. Bye. Amen. Every time you start feeling that depressive state, that's what you say. Devil, get your suitcase. Bye. Out. Gone. See ya. Not in here. Just start praising Jesus. That's all you got to do. When every time it started to come, you just started to magnify the Lord. But I think the Scripture says, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him, was enlightened, and this poor man was not ashamed. Amen. The angels of the Lord encamped about them that fear Him, and delivered them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. For the Lord is the everlasting strength. Amen. You, you've got the power. Use it. Come on. God did not give you the spirit of fear. He's giving you power. He's giving you love. And He's giving you a sound mind. Stop condemning yourself. I think the Scripture put it this way. There is therefore now none, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. Amen. And if God be for us, everybody else might as well be. Come on. You don't believe it? I got a book back there. I say, (laughs) If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Come on, come on. Deal with you. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, but what? A good man is satisfied from himself. Get away from you. The old man, you buried him. Then Romans 6 says, Shall we continue in sin, that grace be above? Him? God forbid. No, you're not so many of you were baptized and that Jesus Christ was baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We should be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that the old man is dead, that the life of sin has no more dominion over you. You are a new creature. You're walking now in a new life. That's why the stress and and discontentment and all the foolishness that the world is trying to put on you should not be a part of you. You killed the old guy. He's dead. When you repented of your sins, you died. Now you're to walk in a new life. Encouragement. Edification. I think Solomon puts it this way. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Look, death and life is where? <laughs> Power of the tongue. And you'll eat the fruit of whatever you say. Come on. Oh, I'm so depressed. There you go. Scoop. Right into the pit. Did you know that the Scripture says if you dig a pit, you're going to fall in it? Hello? So every time you speak negative, you're digging a pit. And you're going to fall in it. See? Because as soon as you say something evil, you're going right in the pit. See? So don't dig your own pit. Amen. Build Stop yourself. Think Jude says, but you, look at Jude 20. He says, but you, beloved, keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for. (laughs) Amen. Keep on. Keep yourself in the love of God. For how long? eternal life. Look at verse 22. And on some have compassion, make a difference. Others pulling them out of the fire. Hey, needing their garments spotted by the flesh. In other words, you be the example of what God kids and what God can do. Don't let this stuff pull you down. You have a good mind. You know, the world says, you're losing your mind. No, you're not. You're in your right mind. Amen. <laughs> hey, you at church, you in your right mind. <laughs> you serving God, you're in your right mind. Amen. Amen. And so, therefore, you just need to deal with you. If something ain't working right, fix it. He's giving you the power to fix it. Amen. You've got to be satisfied from you. Don't allow distress to, to come into your life. Don't let indebtedness... Because, see, it becomes that proverbial dog chasing the tail. See, if I get distressed, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and start spending money I don't have to try to get rid of the distress. And then when I get the bills, I'm going to be discontented. Okay, because now I got more bills. Now I'm a discontented. Now I think, well, if I listen to what they're telling me out there, then I'll go buy this and I'll go do that. And I'll take a vacation. I go on a cruise and I spend money that I don't have and I go in debt. And now I'm in debt. Amen. And then I get the bills. The next thing I know, I am distressed because now my bills is outgo is more than my income. So now I'm distressed because i got to work all kinds of hours. And so I'm distressed contented with where I am and how I live and everything and just goes round and around and around and around and around and around and around. All because I'm afraid of me. Because I don't want to fix me. I want somebody else to fix me. And when other people are trying to fix me, you know what they're doing? They're putting me in debt. They're making me more distressed. They're making me more discontented. Amen. Because the world is not going to give you the answer. You go to a worldly council, they ain't one of them gonna tell you to serve God. They're gonna give you all these durations of things to do, and ain't none of it's gonna be biblical. You know? I can remember when I was in the military, you know, guys would be having financial trouble, and, the, and you send them to councils, and the first thing they do, they look at the guys that's trying to serve God in their families and paying their tithes, and the first thing the world tells them, stop paying tithes. Or well, what are you going to take away what God is trying to bless you with? That's the first thing the world will tell you. You can't afford it. Well, who are you going to trust? The world, or are you going to trust God? See, you don't trust God and God says, you don't want what I'm trying to tell you how to fix the problem. Think about it. Amen. And don't think I'm, you know, you're probably looking at the, they probably one of the only pastors, don't care if you put anything in this plate or not. <laughs> but, but I'm trying to tell you that, that what God's word says so that you will be blessed beyond measure and God will protect and fulfill his word and his promise in you the same way he has done in my life that's the only thing I'm doing is trying to show you how God has blessed me and He can't change if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and ever and this book tells me that God is no respecter of persons what he did for one he'll do for the other if he did it for me I promise you he'll do it for you if you align yourself with this word you can't Change it. I can't change it. Amen. That's the God we serve. He loves you. He cares for you. Amen. we got to fix us. Amen. And and, (laughs) praise God. And for 2 Kings chapter 6. Amen. There's four lepers. You know the story, right? I think it's six or seven. Might be seven. One of them. I I don't. But anyhow, there's four lepers. They're sitting outside the gate, right? They can't go into the city because there's a famine in the city. Nobody's got any food. So finally, they come to themselves, Sister Vicky. They said, man, we got to fix this problem. Right. if we stay out here, we're going to die. We go in the city, we're going to die. But if we go to the enemy, the Syrians, they says the only thing they can do is kill us or feed us. So that option is better than sitting here or going into the village where there is no food. So when they made a decision to make a move, God moved on their behalf. God sent in a big bunch of noise that the Syrians thought it was another host of enemies coming against them, and they ran and left everything. They left their animals, they left their tents, they left their clothes, they left their gold, they left their food, they left everything that was in the camp. They was running, man. They was getting out of there as quickly as they could. And those four lepers walked into the village, and they'd go in, man, there's curry stew, there's curry goat, there's curry monkey, you know, they got all this stuff that's that's out there to be eaten. Amen. And, and they're just feasting, and they're enjoying it, man. Man, he takes off his old ragged garments, Mr. Miriam, and said, man, look at this nice robe I've got here, nice shoes to put on my feet. All of them, man, they're just having a great time. They got all this stuff now. Everybody else is suffering. See? And then one of them said, you know what, guys? They said, this ain't right. They says you know, we, we out here feasting. We just, we got it all, man. They, he says, nah. but I guarantee you, we sat here until the morning, something bad is going to happen. So let's go tell the king. Let's go back and tell the people in the, in the village that, hey, there's food out here. So, and they all came out, ran over some guy that says it ain't going to happen said, the naysayer, you know. The naysayer said, oh, I ain't going to go. You know, he said, if God opened the windows of heaven, it it, it might happen. You know, he was all negative. Elijah said, guess what? It's going to happen. You ain't going to eat a bit of it. You know. So when they got the word back that it was out there, I mean, people ran out the gate, ran right over the guy that said it wasn't going to happen, killed him, stoned him, walked right across him, you know, human stampede right over him. And they had more than enough. Why? Because they decided to fix themselves. Amen. And when they made a move, God made a move. The prodigal son, look at him. You read the story. He's in a pig pen. Feeding hogs. And he comes to himself. He says, hold on one Minute. What in the world am I doing here? What in the world? He says this is absolutely foolish for me to be here when my dad, at his house, has got more food than I could ever want. His servants has got more food than they could even want, and I'm out here hungry. He said, this don't pass the common sense test. Why am I going to stay here? I will get up. I will go to my father. And I will say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I'm no longer worthy to be made your son. So just make me a servant. When he came to himself and decided to fix himself, he made a move And what happened? God made a move. Because as soon as he's coming down the road, the father looks and says, wait a minute, there's somebody coming down that road. You know, that looks like it might be my boy coming home. And the father takes off and he runs uh, to meet the son that is coming down the road. Amen. And the son says, Dad, I've sinned against heaven against you. and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the dad says, Hey, guys, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. Kill the fatted calf and let's have a party. My son is lost. He's he found again. He's dead and now he's alive. And they begin to be making merry." Why? Because he made a, a decision to fix himself. You have to decide, are you going to fix yourself? Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. You have to come to yourself and decide this morning if you're going to fix you or if you're going to continue down the same old pathway. Amen. When David, you know the story, when David sinned with Bathsheba, you know, he thought, man, I'm pretty good. I'm good to go. Yeah. You know, David was a good looking king, <laughs> you know, so he could have probably had all the girls he want. But all of a sudden, when Gad, Nathan came to him and said, hey, David, i got a story to tell you. And he began to tell him the story. A wayward man came and God took his sheep away and killed it and gave them a... And David got furious. He says, whoever did that shall pay for a foe. He should be kept. Nathan says, Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> when he realized it was him. And Nathan began to talk to him. David says, man, I have sinned against God. Nobody else, I have sinned against God, and I got to fix me. So that's why in Psalm 61, David began to pray. He says, have mercy. Upon me, O oh God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my sins. Amen. Amen. It says, wash me thoroughly, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins are ever before me. He says, against thee, thee only have I did this evil in thy sight, that I might be clear when thou speakest and right when you judge. He says, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin and my mother conceived me. He says, behold, thou didst thy truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts will you make me to know wisdom. Amen. He says, purge me with hyssop, that I may be clean. Wash me, that I may be whiter than snow. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors, the way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guilt in O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall show forth thy righteousness. You open my mouth, uh, and my lips shall show forth thy praise. Uh, because you don't want sacrifices, else would I give it. You don't want burnt offense, uh, because the sacrifices of God is a broken heart, uh, a broken and a contrite spirit, O God. You will not despise. Do Good and thy good pleasure design, O God. Build the walls around Jerusalem, and then shall sacrifices be offered unto righteousness, and burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings, and bullocks shall again be offered upon your altars. Amen. So David decided to fix himself. But he realized he was wrong. What about you today? Do you need to fix yourself? Well, I'm going to open the altars this morning. Amen. There's a song that says, Just to be close to God is my desire. Amen. So I want to encourage you this morning. Amen. Maybe you might have been feeling down a little bit. Maybe you may have been walking around with some depression or stress or discontentment in your life. Maybe, maybe some of that stuff is there. Only you and God know. I don't know. You know? But I, I can promise you, I can't fix you. Only He can. See? And so that's why you need to come to Him. And you draw nigh to Him and allow Him to fix it. To give you directions how to fix it. So that when you go out, you will always walk in the joy of the Lord. Amen. Which is a strength because you're going to a better place. This world is not your home. Amen. I want to be close to Him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.